rekorde. Um, en moet niet worry, as iets fout gaan, dan edit ons het net na die tijd uit. So. Oké, okay. dan gaan ons in Engels. Okay. Hello, this is Sinta Everson from Fair Divorce, and today we're going to have a very interesting conversation about deaf people and the impact that has on relationships and the divorce process. And with me here is Rita van der Merwe and Andres van Nieke of the National Institute for the Deaf. Rita and Andres, thank you so much for being here and joining us for this conversation. It's a great pleasure. Okay. Please tell us, uh, Rita, from your experience of being a deaf person, how does that impact a relationship? Does it make it more difficult? Well, let me maybe first ask, are you in a relationship with somebody who's also deaf or somebody who can hear? If you'd like to maybe just tell us a bit more about that. I am a deaf woman and my husband is deaf as well. So our relationship is great because he uses sign language and I use sign language. We don't have any communication challenges. So it's similar to two hearing people, identical. So there's no barrier to communication. And in our case, the same. But if it's a deaf person and a hearing person, then communication is a challenge. But if the hearing person no sign language very well, then communication isn't a barrier. Then access is, is there. So for me as a deaf person, my husband is deaf as well. We don't have challenges. We have similar to what hearing couples have. That's great. And do you have children? Yes, I have two kids and they are now 10 years old. And are they deaf or can they hear? They are both hearing. Okay, that's very interesting. I'm thinking, how do you raise children who can hear uh, from when they're very small and you have to communicate with sign language? How does that start out when they are really small? My, my children obviously live with us in the house. So they are exposed to the way that we communicate. So they've learned that as they grow up, it's for them a very normal experience. Uh, and other hearing people might look at that and think, oh, that's abnormal. But for us in our house, it's very normal to use a sign language. At school, they obviously would use a spoken language, uh, but in our house, we, we sign, we sign. So in our home, we have a hostel for deaf children and my two children, they socialize with those deaf children. So there's no limit to their signing. And also in our family, there are other deaf people. So my sister is deaf. Her husband is deaf as well. Um, and my eldest sister is hearing, but she's got a deaf husband whose parents are deaf. So sign language is, is very prevalent in our family. That's interesting. So for a child, it would be just like learning any other language uh, from when they are born, where they would learn words, they would just learn signs, so to speak. Yes, exactly. Uh, may, maybe to give an example, in our house, 
Um, in our kitchen, if I'm making food, I would call my children. But that's sometimes a problem because if they respond, I can't hear them. So I have to walk to them and tell them, you know, come and have dinner or something. Mm. But with hearing people, they can have a conversation when they're not in the same room, but we have to see each other to communicate. Uh, so that's, that's an interesting difference. So when I'm busy with doing something, I have to stop and look at them to communicate. I can't do something because then I'm looking away. Uh, but hearing people, they can do that. So I have to take it a bit slow and do it that way. But that's quite interesting because then you always make eye contact, uh, which is a good thing between people when we communicate, which is beautiful, actually. Yes, exactly, exactly. So if we have eye contact, I know that I have attention. Uh, without eye contact, there's no communication. Wow. Okay, so you, as you know, um, Fair Divorce is an educational initiative for families who are going through separation or divorce or even blending new families. So I would like to ask you, and I know you know people who have gone through separation and divorce, how does that impact um, a separation process? Firstly, uh, maybe we should take a step back and see how it impacts a relationship. Maybe if one person is deaf and the other person can hear. I believe, um, what's the sign for when you can hear? It's this one. Okay. Yes, like this. So one person can hear and the other person in the relationship is deaf. How would that impact a relationship and how would that make a relationship difficult and, and maybe cause conflict or a breakdown of communication, a breakdown of the relationship um, so that they end up separating? In, in, in that relationship, communication is a big challenge because it's about language differences. So if I'm expressing myself and the partner misunderstands me or doesn't understand me at all, that's where your relationship starts to diverge. Again, what comes up for me is that it's pretty similar to just speaking uh, French and English, for example, because sign language is literally just another language. Yes, yes, exactly. So it's about learning the other person's language, just like we need to learn each other's love languages, for example. Yes, there are also couples who are deaf, both of them, and they, they've been divorced and they have challenges, so it's exactly the same. Uh, please show me again, what, what is the sign for language? That, is that language? Sign, that's sign and that's language. Sign, sign language. language. Okay, so any other language or sign language? So that's love language. That's love language. Interesting. Yes, yes. So you say language first and then, but, but sign language. Very interesting. Okay, so um, when we get to a process or a stage where we want to separate and get divorced, 
I have done research, I've looked in many places in the world in the last couple of weeks to find mediators who are able to speak sign language. And I have not been able to come across a single one. I have come across a, a people who have translated in mediation processes, but only three people. So it's a very sad situation for me because there's a there are many people in the world who are deaf, who can't hear, and they have to have the right support when they're going through a divorce, not only on a legal level because of the legal process, but also on an emotional level and a spiritual level. So um, I'd love to know what you think about that, what, what you know from the people that you know have gone through divorce. Was it, was it difficult? Was it frustrating? Or do you bring of your own people along with you to, to translate? Um, deaf people do go to court and go to the lawyers. Um, and when they ask the lawyer for, for assistance, then they don't understand what's going on. So they have to try and find an interpreter. But they can't always find one. So they would tend to use a brother, a sister, or a parent. But that is definitely not a preference. So then you might look at a work colleague or a friend. Uh, here at the NID, we do have two interpreters who can help. But it's only here. But um, so it's sometimes that you use the word colleague. It's also not preferable because they know you. But there aren't many sign language interpreters in South Africa. So it's, it can be quite frustrating to try and manage access to communication. But, you know, go survive. I find it quite uh, surprising that I was not able to. I know there, sorry, there, I know there are some people who want to go, wanted a divorce, they go to court, and that the court should organize an interpreter. Mm, yes. And the court says, sure, fine, we'll do that. And this was, this happened in Cape Town. So they provided a sign language interpreter, and the deaf person did not know the interpreter. And the process went so well. And it was, it was efficiently handled. And the divorce was finalized and then they could continue with their lives without worrying about someone knowing inside information. Boosted, it's a little bit difficult because you tend to know the people. It tends to be a family member or a work colleague or a friend, which is not ideal. And, and that is also not good for privacy. Some people don't want their, their family to be involved in the process. Although, to be honest, there are places in the world where families are involved in the divorce processes in a mediation process and it's actually been quite successful because you get support and input from everybody and especially when there's high conflict it tends to have a positive effect to have family members um, involved in the process so this is interesting um, when we go to courts also they are supposed to have translators available or organized some, as you said, but in general, they aren't readily available. They're few and far between. So uh, 
I'd like to ask this question. How does one become a, a sign language interpreter, apart from learning the, the sign language? Did I, did I do that correctly? Uh, today, um, there are different technologies that you can use. So that makes a difference. It doesn't need to be an interpreter right there in the courtroom with you. Um, so that really helps. The bigger challenge is finding an interpreter who will work for a lower fee mm -hmm. because the courts have very limited and very specified fees. And interpreters can't interpret for long hours because it's, phys it's a physical exercise. So it, that remains a challenge. Yeah, that makes sense. And what other, is there technology available that, that can um, substitute a, an interpreter? No, no. There, there are some that's in research and development, but not yet. I don't know if there's something in, in other countries, but something similar. There is an organization uh, called Convo, mm -hmm. and then they have what's called Relay Interpreting, uh, but we don't have that in South Africa. And um, so, yeah, we have to do that ourselves, arrange it ourselves, or without an interpreter, you resort to writing down on a piece of paper, and you got to use what you have and make the best of the situation. Yes, make the best of it. Um, thank you so much. That's um, very uh, informative. So on a more personal level, I want to ask, as a deaf person, what is your experience in the world out there in general, in the public, um, going to public places like restaurants and to the, to the movies or to the shops? What is this experience generally um, in terms of encountering people that you that can communicate with you um, so i stay in worcester and there are quite a large number of deaf people and more hearing people will know how to communicate they may not know how to sign but they know that eye contact is important and they know to speak slowly if I go to the city, for example, you can, you can see the difference. They know nothing. Um, so that's a big difference. So um, I went for an eye exam and they have a mask and I, it's difficult to communicate with the mask. And I didn't need to ask. Um, they changed the mask for one of those see-through screens. Uh, and that helps because I'm, I'm pretty good at lip reading. But that's because I stay in Worcester, people know. And if I go to the movie, uh, I prefer to watch movies that have subtitles. If there aren't subtitles, I don't go to the movie. But today, very, very fortunate because there's a lot of programs that have subtitles like Netflix, or you can select closed captioning. If I go to the restaurant, we have a college here on the campus, uh, so they visit the, the local shopping mall very frequently, and so we're very familiar in town. Okay, so if you're in your own environment, one can have enough people that 
can learn to communicate with you. But in the in the world out there at large, there's still a lot of work to be done um, for people that um, can hear. What's the sign again? I can't. Is this the right one? Yeah. Just like that. For people like for people like me who can hear to to learn um, the sign language, and for everybody else out there, because it's not um, and it's not we're not raised with an awareness that it's important to learn this language i wonder what percentage of the population are deaf and um if we know that perhaps it should be another one of our official languages um interesting that you say that because they are in the process of making South African Sign Language and Official Language. It's not yet, but it's definitely on its way. If I go outside of our town and I see this person does not know how to communicate with me, then I have to provide them instructions and say, you have to talk slowly. I use my phone and I type it in the spoken language. And then I say, just repeat yourself. And then they hopefully understand and cooperate. Wow. That's interesting. So yeah, you have to do a, a work. And before there were phones or something for you to type on, I think it was a totally different story, right? Yeah, you usually have a piece of paper with you, <laughs> or you just try and gesture and mime as good as you can. Yeah. There's, there's lots of ways that we've learned to cope. Very interesting. This is fascinating. I'm so glad we have this opportunity to talk. So tell me, um, I'm thinking of the divorce process and when people have children and they draw up a parenting plan and work out the visitation with the children and who's responsible for what, all those technical terms, um, the legalities, is there sign language for those terms? I'm thinking about the word divorce, for example. Is that, is that the sign for divorce? Yes, yes, yes. It looks That's like you're just pulling yeah. off your wedding ring. But there's yeah, a, that, that's what it's supposed to look like, yes. But you have a facial expression too. Yeah, well, it depends on the context. If it's a difficult divorce, uh, then you, you, your face would, will match that. Yes. If it's been a, a simple and efficient divorce, if you really have a bad relationship, if you're fighting throughout the divorce, or if you have some serious emotions, then that would fit and that would show on your face. But if you're fine, if you're happy with the divorce, that would also show on your face. The divorce, you know, sometimes people just forgive the other person and, you know, they're fine with the divorce. Mm. But sometimes there's nothing like that. You just remain fighting throughout the whole process. It's interesting. I love the facial expressions. I think um, when you use sign language, you're much more expressive than when we're talking normally. We don't really make many um, facial expressions or they're more subtle. Yes, that's, that's true. Um, and... Because I use sign language, facial expressions, it's part of it. It's, you can't separate the two. Wow. Okay, so this would be divorce. 
depending on, on, on how I experience it. Yes. Okay. And, and what would um, a court be, the, the court that you go to? Yes, yes. Court sign looks like that and lawyer looks like that. So it depends also which dialect you use. So if you're in the Western Cape or if you're in Gauteng province, um, you may use a different sign and adapt the signs that they use. That's a very important thing. There's not one universal sign language. There are actually different dialects in different regions and countries as well, I believe. Yes, yes. Each country has their own. So their culture will have a big influence. So in our Afrikaans culture, we do a picnic and the sign looks like that. But if the picnic looks different and you use a different basket, then the sign would look different as well. So our sign looks like this because this is how we do it. But if other people do it differently, the sign would change. So in America, they use American sign language. And here we use South African sign language. In Australia, they use Auslan. In, in the UK, they use ESL, which is British Sign Language. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of different diversity. Well, that can lead to misunderstanding also, I think, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe it's possible. Maybe, uh, so I use South African Sign Language, but in another country like Austria, Perhaps we have the same sign, but there's different meanings. Yes. Uh, but that you pick that up really, really quickly. Oh, okay. so it, it's, it's easy to spot. So, so would you please show us again? Let's just learn a few basic words. Divorce would be like this. Uh, what is court again? Is that court? First like that and then like that. So that's court. Yeah, this is the sign for lawyer. Lawyer. Yes. That's, that's interesting. Uh, okay, lawyer. But court like this, it almost looks acrimonious, like it's a fight or a struggle. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a clearer sign. So if, if you're from a, a different... Uh, culture, um, that's clear to understand. But if you use a sign for lawyer, this is an L in the finger spelling. But if you don't know that, then you may not understand the sign. Mm. So yeah, if, if you have another country who have different spoken languages, they might know the sign that's not initialized or with a finger spelled or letter in front. So um, how would you say, for example, I want a divorce? So you would say I, and you would say want, and then you would say divorce. How, what is want? It's I want. want. I want a divorce. Yes, yes, want, yes. Want, okay. Well, that's very interesting. Hmm. So that's a breakup. 
I think um, it's important which way you you hold your hands because this would mean something different than that. Is that correct? Or does it depend on whether you're right or left-handed? Uh, it doesn't really matter, but that's a sign for relationship. Relationship. So yeah, you would use your dominant hand as the one that's uh, on the top. Okay, yeah. Relationship. So that's yes, that's a relationship. And breakup. Yes, and then a breakup. Fascinating. Do you have any idea of how many signs there are in sign language? Uh, I don't know. There's a lot. Um, the spoken language has a lot. I don't know how many. Um, if we don't have a sign, then we create one. Uh, but if we don't have one, often we don't need one. So in spoken languages, there are a lot more words than we have in SSL, but it's, it's still in development. Um, so at the school, I learned a lot of signs, but after school, I learned even more. Uh, if you learn Afrikaans at school, after school, you may not learn as much as we do with SSL. And I suppose it grows all the time, like most languages do. Yes, it never stops. Wow. So, uh, just for anybody, What's going on? Uh, sorry, just repeat that. It's just something that's always going on, always learning from the, the young children. Yes. So the children at the at the school bring homework, and so I learn. Is this what you learn? And I and I didn't learn that when I was at school, but yeah, that just shows. Mm, wonderful. So just for anybody who's watching the video, I will put contact details in the comments below this video of where you can get hold of the National Institute for the Deaf. And I also want to ask uh, on a practical point, if I'm a deaf person and I want to get divorced, I would obviously try to find a lawyer, lawyer um, who can speak sign language and if not, where do I go to find a translator if I if I wanted to find one myself? Can I come to your institute? You can contact the NID, yes. Um, the more deaf people become aware of interpreters in their community, the easier it will be to find one. The court themselves are supposed to be responsible for finding uh, a sign language interpreter. But you have only two interpreters, and can they work anywhere in the country? I suppose at the moment with Zoom, anything is possible. But when uh, do they go in person as well? So some prefer having a family member go with them. Mm -hmm. So that that is the case, because there aren't many sign language interpreters. Uh, but if you know of one they tend to charge a fee and you don't need to pay your brother or your mother. Yes. If you are deaf and you have a good education, you have good qualifications, then you can afford that. But deaf people who don't, you know, they don't have access to the money to pay for a sign interpreter for longer, longer hours. So it gets difficult. Yes, and unfortunately they are already 
So please. If you look at the government, they don't provide special funding for sign language interpreters. So that'd be nice to have. Well, that's a, that's a new campaign to start, which would be a good thing. Because... And the, the deaf people must take responsibility for that. And they have to say, please provide an interpreter. And if they don't, well, then you have to find another way. Yes, and unfortunately, the fees to get divorced, the legal fees and costs are already quite high. So one would uh, want to try and minimize that as much as possible. There are um, deaf counselors in South Africa. So that might be a preference, but then you don't need an interpreter. And, and on your um, website, do you have resources or maybe directories of people who can speak sign language available or can one contact you directly to get information? Let's say I live in Bloemfontein and I'm looking for someone. Can you direct me to someone or give me contact details? Yes, yes, we can. Um, typically, there's a school for the deaf uh, with a social worker or perhaps a psychologist mm -hmm. who may have um, some level of sign language. Um, and those you can ask. And they tend to, you know, some, to have some proficiency and you can use them. Uh, you can also perhaps look at places that have sign language training, which tends to be in the cities. And there you can find someone to help. So I recently went to the bank and um, I lip read in Afrikaans. And when I was helped, I couldn't lip read because they spoke English. And behind me was someone who we taught sign language in the class. And I asked that person, can you please help? And he came and he helped me out. So if there are more people who learn, it, it makes it much easier. It solves everything. I'm hoping that it will be uh, made an, uh, an official language pretty soon, because then it will obviously um, increase the number of people who can speak sign language to quite a degree. That would be fantastic. Mm, yes. Well, um, this is such a privilege to have this conversation. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to talk to you, and I'm hoping to create awareness out there. And it's, this is not only for families who are going through divorce, but for everybody out there. Um, there's a whole world of people that I have always felt I can't communicate with because I don't speak sign language. And I've always wanted to learn it my entire life. And I'm proud to say that I've recently started I've got an app on my phone that I think it's called um, it teaches South African sign language and it's called Finger Talk. Do you know that? Yes, yes, I've seen that. So I've been I've been playing around on that one and uh, learning how to spell my name. Um, it's Sinta. It's S I N. T A, which is the well A. Done. I'm confused the S is now. just the thumb is in front. Is that the A? That's the S. S. That's the A. S, S yes. I-N-T-A. That's it. Yes, well done, well done. So, so that I've learned. And then I have to say thank you. No? Thank you. Please. Oh, that's please. 
Thank yes. you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Okay, Marietta and Andres, thank you so much for being here and having this conversation. And educate it's a great pleasure. about this. Uh, it's been an absolute privilege and I'm very grateful for you for your time. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this as well because I see that you have a passion for this. And the more people know, the better. It's a small start, but everyone has to start somewhere. Yes, and I'm hoping that the next time we... Sorry, just say that again, uh, Retha. If you can communicate well, then there's access. But if there are barriers, it just makes everything harder. Yes, and I know now that I've started learning only the basic, it's like a whole new world is opening up for me, which is absolutely amazing. And I hope that the next time I speak to you, I'm able to do some more sign language. I'm working on it. Yeah, you have to remember, Rome wasn't built in a day. Yes. It takes time. So if I had to learn some other spoken language like German or Tosa, it will take a long time. It's just important to socialize with those native speakers. Mm. It can take six months, one year if you do that. But oh, that's good news. I must just it's it's about practice. Yes. And daily use, yes. Socializing with deaf people. That's how you're gonna really learn it. Don't be afraid to interact. Most deaf people will have patience and try and teach you. I also just find it feels as if my fingers are stupid. You know, they, they're not used to doing this, but it, I think it takes practice. Practice makes perfect. Yes, yes. It's similar to, uh, you know, some kind of sport or activity that you've never done. Mm. But if you've done it since you were small, you're good at it, but you have to learn. I feel it's, it's similar. And I'm sure you will develop. It's just important that you keep going and socialize and use it every day. Some, some young people, like for example, Andres' parents are deaf and he signs very well because that's how he grew up. Yes. So yeah, it's a skill anyone can develop. I'm looking forward to it. Well, once again, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. It was a great pleasure. Okay. Right. Thank you. Okay. That's it. Um,